Good morning. My name is John Blosser and I am chair of the art department here and I'd like to welcome you all on this beautiful cold Monday morning. Fall is finally here. I'd like to thank the uh, Kanegi family. Uh, Lois is here. <coughs> Pardon me. Lois is here. But the Kanegi family has made the endowment possible for us to have the uh, Eric Yake Kanegi Visiting Artist Program. And that's been a very rich program. This is our 21st artist, and that means about 21 years of uh, bringing in distinguished artists from this country and around the world for our. For our uh, whole campus to, to get some sense of what art is about. And it has been indeed a rich legacy. The gift was given in memory of Eric, the son of Clifford and Lois, who was a sophomore student here, a very excellent ceramic student, by the way, who had a very promising uh, future. And his life was cut short by a tragic bicycle accident one summer here in Goshen, and uh, in his memory, <clears throat> the family gave, gave money for this endowment, and so his memory certainly lives on in a very fine way in this, in this way, and we're very thankful for that. Our artist is, <clears throat> pardon me, our artist is Carol Ann Carter, and uh, she comes to us from Lawrence, Kansas, and has been a professor there uh, of art since 1996. But she was born in Indiana, in Indianapolis, and uh, grew up there, and attended the John Heron School of Art, uh, which happens also to be connected to Indiana University there in Indianapolis. And then she went next door to Notre Dame University and did her Master of Fine Arts degree, which is for the visual artist a terminal degree. It's the, the PhD, as it were. She then taught next door to Notre Dame at uh, St. Mary's College, and. Uh, it's the, the women's school, or was the women's school. I guess it still is a women's school, isn't it? And uh, just, just across campus. And then she taught at Penn State University, and then at University of Michigan, and uh, eventually found her way to, uh, to Kansas. She has received many distinguished awards and grants and scholarships in her, in her years. <clears throat> The National Endowment for the Arts uh, gave her an Individual Artist Award back in the 80s when they were doing things like that before they shrunk to almost nothing. Um, the Lilly Foundation gave an open uh, faculty fellowship for sabbatical research in Nigeria, so she's traveled quite a bit. And she also got a Fulbright Foundation postdoc fellowship to study in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and in 1995, she was the Langston Hughes Visiting Professor of, at uh, University of Kansas, and in 1996 she was hired, so it must have been a good lecture. Um, her work is displayed in many, many significant venues across this country, and I won't name many of them, but the Detroit Institute of Arts has a piece of hers, uh, Loyola University in Chicago. Uh, she's shown at uh, this huge show in Chicago called the Navy Pier Show and the SOFA Show. Some of our students have attended those shows regularly. Um, her works are in many distinguished collections. The Indianapolis Museum of Art, Snyder Museum at Notre Dame, University of Michigan, Chevron Oil in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, even as far as Florence, Italy. So she uh, has her work far and wide. 
And she served as a visiting artist, as she's doing for us here, in many numerous colleges, many colleges and universities, schools of art across the country. Uh, Wayne State University in Detroit, uh, the Heron School of Art, her alma mater. Um, Kunsthistorische Institut der Universität uh, Kiel in Germany, uh, Penn State University, Amata Bello University in, in Nigeria, University of Washington, and many, many more. Carol, it's a pleasure to have you here, and uh, she's going to speak with us about creative transformation. Whose work is it? Thank you. Am I on? You can hear me. Um, I, too, would like to thank Goshen College for this invitation. I'm honored to be here. It's great to be back home. Judy Winnick Horswell and Gwen Penner and John Blosser have made it possible for me to sort of schedule all of these things. I said last night in our talk that some of you will have to be here two or three times and there will be some overlap. I met the Kanegis last night. They're delightful people. You're very fortunate to have them among you and supporting the arts. It's not easy, and we do need supporters. Artists are often asking themselves who, who's going to serve as the patron, and we, we need to look at how we impact the people who are looking and embracing the work. What do they want to say, or what do they have to say about the work? So I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested in what the other side has to say about what we're doing. I am going to talk about... Can you not hear me? Okay. Try to take the scarf. No, no, it's perfect. You just have to get it out. Thank you. I asked Judy Wenig-Horswell when she asked me about speaking at the convocation what I could possibly impart in 25 or 30 minutes. And she said, speak about something that you really care about. And I thought, well, that makes it a little bit easier. And I can do that. Um, I do have notes, so excuse me. Um, I have thought and I've said many times that it's very important for me within all contexts, educational, professional, and personal lives, to make connection with my audience or those people with whom I happen to be in conversation. And that's what I attempted to do here with you in the context of your convocation. From, Goshen from the Goshen College educational mission, I gleaned, identified with, and translated the notion that you, A, engage in reflection about your relationship to self and other to develop curiosity, that you develop curiosity about your environments, that you practice tolerance for the views of the other, and that you become engaged in worthy activities that will lead to a commitment to act on behalf of your beliefs. It's a process. It's something we develop. And I really respect that. Finally, there are two goals from the Goshen College Educational Mission Statement that touched me deeply, in particular, that you aspire to engage in a life of servant leadership based on a leadership ability that empowers self and others. I find that term interesting in that it moves between being a servant and being a leader. 
and the exchange that takes place in that. And that sort of um, uninvolves the ego. And the second one was a life of global citizenship with an intercultural openness, with the ability to function effectively with people of other worldviews. I say yes to that, especially today. I brought a sample of my ideas to offer you a visual record of the themes in my art practice, some of which might intersect with those of your own. I believe we are, in many ways, doing the same work. A few words on the importance of digital imaging and collaboration, which are new for me in the past five years. Since 2000, especially after 9-11, I began to focus attention on issues of healing and recovery from scarring that is invisible or under-recognizable. My interest in collaboration rises from the desire to involve the wisdom and skill of partners from outside my particular discipline or practice or lifestyle. We begin by having conversations about what we might learn from each other, what we might have to learn from each other. Persons who know or want to know something that might serve to complement our particular views on a project. In this way, we are enabling ourselves as partners to create a thing that we could not have accomplished by either of us independently. When it works, one person need not have all the answers that relate to creative change or transformation. I found that voluntary collaboration makes co-creation and authentic communication and community possible. Five years ago, I left behind the solitary autonomous modernist notion that an artist as person must be person separate from his or her production, and had begun to embrace expanded notions of with whom, what, or where creative practice resides. I'm currently consciously involved in art that, that means to shed light and art practice as a kind of meditation, art that has the agency to revive, heal, restore, and or that maps or embraces multiple perspectives. For me, there's always been a connection between individual, or sorry, between emotional and physical health. My creative work in physical form has, whether I've always been aware of it or not, been addressing the aspects of identity, these aspects of identity, for over 30 years. I moved to video in 2000. Why have I embraced it specifically? Video provides a means to recharge my work's purpose, to make it more inclusive and accessible to publics generally thought to be outside of what we consider traditional gallery-going art audiences. It, it began when I moved from making physical objects to digital images in Photoshop, Adobe Photoshop. You'll see um, an example of a, a video that I made about my, uh, 2001 with a student um, in film and video at the University of Kansas. And since, since 2000, my best partnerships have been with those students who work in video. And I've said to them many times, 
the, my partner now is about 25 years old, uh, graduated in, in film and journalism from the university, and is now an independent producer, among other things. And I said to him, what I recognize in my own practice, which is over 30 years old, is that I have, you have speed, you can climb all over those keys, I have depth. So together we can make something that might amount to something. Because I can't run as fast as they can, and I, need, I shouldn't have to. But it also, they have shown me how I can advance my own practice. So I, my, my partner at the moment is Josh Kendall. Uh, the person who produced this video with me is Issa Kretschmer. I've had three young, three young men help me since 2000, and I couldn't have done this work without them. Um, and at the moment, I'm thinking that I would like most to work in community with other artists. I'm not any longer interested in working alone. I'm, a, I'm at a sort of a crossroads. We were talking last night about being our age and what do we do with that. And I'm at a sort of a second crossroads. And I'm looking for the right place, the right folks, the right combination of events and um, themes for my practice. So I think at this point, there's plenty of time. We can go to the video, and I understand that no one is, res is required to stay, but if anyone has questions to ask after the uh, screening, I'd be happy to, to answer, stay around and answer. Is that right? Okay. We've got plenty of time. So I guess we're ready, Sam. Or David. These guys, well, Sam and, Sam and Dave were with me last night and made this possible. I don't trust myself with the technology. So we're going to bring the lights down, and I'm going to sit down. There's heavy traffic in my head. Ideas, feeling, memory, history, and thoughts from today move on two-way streets and roundabouts. Sometimes these bodies collide and fracture in their difference. But recently I've discovered intersections where fragments can meet and where life and art are woven. These are things I've been thinking about and just wanted to share with you. The project you'll see represents a kind of digital journal and just a fraction of the ideas and images I've collected and documented over time. I'm exploring what it's like to live as an artist and a citizen of a world that we all occupy. And like a journal, it's all a work in progress. Things collected became samplers. Samplers became collages. Collages have become blueprints for construction. Things from the past. I read somewhere that we really begin to see when we forget the name of the thing that we're looking at. 1980 to 99. I'm collecting things that appear as signs of organic aging, distress and abandonment. Fossil forms, frames, and flattened cans and cars surfaces, 
all things discarded, overlooked, found and refound and recorded, rescued and preserved. They feel like skins and have become the stuff from which I have formed a visual reality. March 10, 1999. Surgery. Finding the shoe or foot form. Taped. Reconstructed. Altered material. A bundle of protection that gives support to the recovery process. Painting as constructed material. Bundle painting. Packed with information and zipped. Carrying the not yet. The unfinished. May 702. Just found an old first aid manual where illustrations show the proper treatment of the wounded. See men carrying men gently, making themselves into human slings and stretchers when there isn't one available. I saw them applying dressing, binding wounds. Think about mending again and the value of touch. 613. Begin to wonder how we look at injury and recovery or protection. Who's the injured and who gets treated? Broken bones, broken homes, broken promises, all needing treatment. First aid and second aid, and the meaning of stretcher or support, and its relationship to the Sanufo headrest the fertility and birthing bed, and to Carol's hands. August 8, considering other kinds of head and body resting, and touch again, thinking about water or fluid, moisture, and Peter's pictures of damp concrete. September 1, 02, Thinking about the past 12 months, when the plug is pulled on relationship anywhere, and the need for recreation, replacement parts, prosthetic devices, rest and redemption. I need your hands on my head. We need a ride in the water. Seeing begins here.
Can you hear me? Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen that piece for a while, and I wanted to just give you a little background. The swimmer is, the, is, the, is a professor of dance at KU, a French uh, colleague who, um, with whom I've worked before, and he simply said, I'll do whatever you like. We put him in a pool, shot from the side, and he just danced in the water. And that was one of the most important moments that I'd had during that whole process. I worked with a crew of about six people. Issa Kretschmer is the person I suggested who helped me put it together. I had just begun to work in, in Photoshop, and so what, I'm, what I was seeing there were individual images that hadn't yet been integrated in the way the works are today, but they give, gave me ideas about what was possible. And at that time, I was just collecting as much information and energy as possible. So uh, it was good in that way. This is a sketch. It's a digital journal, which means it's, that it's uh, fragments that end up being something. They represent something today. Um, the work in the gallery, if you happen to go there, we're not in the same building, are we? There's an exhibition in the gallery that uh, includes both the objects from which I've taken um, a made digital prints and digital prints that are what I call mixed media drawings, did mixed media digital drawings in that I work, I work on an object, I scan it, it goes into the digital imaging process. When it comes out, I'll draw back into it by hand. So there's a, an exchange between the digital and the actual physical that is very important to me. So it's kind of a conversation. So please see the show. It's up until uh, this. Okay, beginning of I think November 29th officially. Yeah. So I guess that's it for me. Unless you have more, I'll be around for a bit. Thank you for coming. Thank you.